This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. This week in our Women in Tech segment, I will be talking with Harini Gokul. Harini is a global technology leader, an investor, civic volunteer, and an advocate for advancement of women in the workplace. She is a cloud industry leader and has 20 plus years of experience driving global business strategy and customer transformation for technology companies, including Microsoft and IBM. Harini has built and led global multidisciplinary organizations in the United States and Europe to accelerate customer transformation in the cloud and business growth, focusing on delivering real-world solutions. Her diverse background includes strategy consulting and financial services. Harini sponsors and invests in organizations and communities to accelerate the advancement of women in technology. She's an investor in the Female Founders Alliance and is on the advisory board of The Future of Us, an initiative dedicated to accelerating the advancement of women of color. Harini is an international speaker focusing on diversity, equity, and innovation in the fourth industrial revolution. As part of her mission to contribute to civic life, Harini is running for city council in Medina, Washington. As a mom and a Medina resident, she's excited to work towards keeping Medina strong, safe, and healthy for current and future generations. She looks forward to leveraging her professional skills to help shape and influence policies that impact the lives of Medina and Washington residents. Irini is an engineering graduate and received her MBA from Vanderbilt University. Welcome to the show, Harini. I'm excited. Thank you for inviting me, Jennifer. It's great to be here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on our show. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Sure. Um, I grew up in India just as India was discovering its information technology revolution. And I saw the opportunities it afforded to society and citizens, not just the economic opportunities, but also the opportunity for more women to be part of the workplace and leveling the playing field. Um, and I'd always been a curious child, one of those annoying kids who would ask why uh, every time. So it made a it was a natural fit to think about um, embracing uh, this innovation and, and going into technology. As I went through graduate school in engineering, what I did realize is my joy came from solving problems and taking technology and putting it to use for the greater good. 
And that's really driven my career in the past 20 years. Um, I came to work in the U.S. I went to school and then came to work in the U.S. for a consulting firm. And I enjoyed um, creating technology strategy um, and solutions for our customers and problem solving with them and uh, helping them understand what they could achieve. Um, and that took me to Microsoft. And I've just had the most fantastic portfolio of experiences at Microsoft. Um, I've had the opportunity to build new businesses from scratch uh, in the U.S., in Europe, globally, um, and learn about things um, that would not have otherwise uh, come about. As an example, I was in Europe when um, NSA, the NSA scandal happened, and I got a crash course in privacy and data protection and what it means to be a trusted provider. So I just feel very grateful for um, all the different experiences I've had um, growing up in India and then onwards. Very impressive. Um, so did you always know that working with technology is what you wanted to do? I know you were very curious and always asked why, but when did you know that technology was something you were passionate about or had love for? It's, it's such a great question. Um, I was interested in technology, but did not quite know how it would become part of my professional life. Um, and I love that today technology is so much part of our world that, you know, just everything from the call we are on today to healthcare diagnostics, uh, to more advanced sciences is all mm -hmm. technology driven. Um, and so I realized as I was going through graduate school, as I mentioned, um, I knew I needed some deep expertise in the space. I had not quite figured out how to apply it. And it took me, I, but I knew I want my greatest joy came from application of technology and application of solutions. Mm -hmm. And so my first role, um, helping a retail bank in India expand its footprint, um, helped provide that clarity. I helped set up ATMs uh, for the bank. And I saw that the ATM by itself was just the means to an end. What it helped unlock was the possibility of real-time, safe, and secure cash for communities that did not have this access. And so I've always, um, I've sort of taken that thread all the way through and said every time we work with technology, whether it's on-premise even 10 years ago or now with cloud solutions, what is the potential we are trying to unlock? What is the new business possibilities we can unlock? What's the new he human impact we can unlock? That's great. Um, so you knew you had a passion. It just came over time as you got these different projects because it sounds like you love to solve problems also as much as technology. Exactly. And I love new things. And to be honest, I feel I'm on the cusp of that again, right? When we think about the next industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution, and the promise of artificial intelligence and machine learning and extended reality, I feel, I feel like a kid in a candy store, mm -hmm. honestly, because we're back there solving problems. We now have the technology that will help us solve the most critical of problems. But more than ever, the accountability to make sure we are doing it in a fair, equitable, and inclusive way is going to be so important. 
Totally agree. So, you know, we live in a very male dominated industry. Um, how do you feel women have, do, do you think they have the same opportunities as men in the tech world? Um, I have a simple answer and it's a complicated one too. Mm -hmm. um, the simple answer is no. I do not believe that today we have the same opportunities. And I know we are fighting super hard, very aggressively to make sure that all of us, regardless of gender, race, demographic, have access to all the opportunities that technology creates for us. Um, for women in particular, I think there are multiple things we need to think through and think through in a very systematic, intentional way whether it's making sure that we are nurturing early interest in STEM for our children, whether it's about getting degrees, graduate degrees in technology, about recruiting and hiring and making sure all of us have a fair chance at the jobs. And then once you get into the workplace, how do you thrive? How do you think about velocity and growth for all of us in an equitable way? I think all of these are opportunities where women are, are currently disadvantaged. The good news, the great news, is we are aware of it, right? And shining the light on a problem is the first step. And we are doing so much about it. And I'll come back to more than ever, like I've heard diversity and inclusion for the past 20 years, but more than ever with AI coming up, um, with VR coming up, I think we need to be more agile, we need to be more intentional in how we include all of us as part of that as part of that next revolution. Yes, I agree that you know there's a lot of movements, there's a lot of progress being made with both diversity and inclusion, with women and technology, but we need to keep pushing, we need to continue to lift each other up, we need to continue to build the pipeline of girls um, you know, young girls so that they are aware of technology and are excited about technology so we don't have the declining numbers that we have today of women in technology. So we need to keep working together and lift each other up to really make it so in a few years from now that we do have all the same opportunities as men. Well said. Um, as a woman yourself in technology, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? It's, it's humbling to look back so many years, but, you know, I often think about like, what would you say to a younger self, right? And, and, and the challenges are, are in there. Um, there. When I think about it, it's sort of three buckets of things. Um, the first is when I started out, I remember being an intern at Chase the bank, Chase Manhattan mm -hmm. in New York. And I was this 20 young, early 20 intern, um, new to the US, standing literally in a boardroom full of very experienced, predominantly male mm -hmm. uh, bankers, right? And that was my first experience being an only, only mm -hmm. in the room. And mm -hmm. since then, there are many such. But your first impulse um, is to fit in. It's just sort of, you know, make sure that I look and sound and be like everybody else. And it's taken me um, a, a, a while to understand the unique 
value that I bring to the table, how my perspective is valuable, and re- and sort of uh, use that to stand up for myself in the small things and in sort of larger things. And I think that's important for us to, I wish I'd realized that earlier. That's one. Um, the second one is um, what I call perfect is the enemy of good. Um, so, you know, we, I think we put ourselves on ourselves the burden to be 120%. If somebody asks us to do 10 things, we want to do 12. So building that muscle to be, um, to be confident, to have courage, to go forth and sign up for projects and for things that you might not be 100% qualified for is something I wish I had learned earlier. Um, the third is putting, getting out of the box you get put in. Um, so as an example, as a, I'm a mom to a five-year-old. And when I had my son, um, even though by that time I was fairly experienced and you know, I was, fairly, I was a leader on my team, the roles that came to me were roles uh, that, that were sort of the mommy jobs, right? And the assumption was, you are a mom, you do not want to travel anymore. You do not want to handle a P&L anymore. And so it, to, to fight those assumptions and to reset that thinking to say, I'm a mom, yes, and I'm a professional. My skills haven't gone away. My ability to manage businesses, speak with customers is still there. And how do you sort of keep that conversation going, I think is important. And I'll end with this, my fourth thing, which is for all of the women out there, um, as you go through these, as you go through your journey, find a support system, find your personal board of directors that will stand by you, that will coach you, be the rock or the couch, whatever you want them to be. Um, and sort of guide you through as you as you are on your journey. That's so great. Uh, lots of thoughts came to my mind when you were going through the four items, you know, talking about make sure we have the confidence to speak up, to say, yes, we can do it, even if we're 50 or 60 percent qualified, because we can learn the rest. We are just as capable. We are uh, very good at collaborating. We're good at uh, many skills to to be successful. So we have to give ourselves that permission and that strength to say, yes, we can do it. And then to really tell ourselves that we are enough. You know, every time we always want to be that perfectionist and, and do like you said, instead of 10 things, we try to do 12. And we push ourselves into situations where it's just so difficult to get to where we need to because our expectations are so high. So really, really good points um, and great uh, learnings from what you're saying. You know, over the years, we've all learned uh, many, many things. And like you said, we wish we had learned them a long time ago because it would have made life a little bit easier. Um, we bring so many advantages to the table as a woman in technology. Can you tell me um, personally, what do you feel you bring to your teams, to the table, to your leadership skills? Where, where do you feel women really uh, contribute strongly? Uh, that's another good. That's another great question, actually, and I think it's something we all need to talk about more. Um, if 
there are multiple things, of course, that we bring to the table. But if I sort of think about it in two sections, right? I'm a business leader. At the end of the day, you know, we all have shareholder accountability. So from that perspective, I would say, look at women as being the biggest driver of purchasing decisions mm. and consumers, right? We, um, we drive decisions on the wallet, on, on who has a share of wallet and make purchasing decisions on behalf of the family. So from simply that business perspective, that's the first advantage you bring to the table. If you want to sell to the biggest market, if you want to have the most creative product, you need to think about addressing women, and that translates to having women at the table. So when you, I think the advantage is we, you know, we bring our own sort of learned perspective and life perspective to the table, right? So if you're making products for children, why wouldn't you have somebody who's purchasing those products be part of the design process, be part of sort of the marketing process for it. It just makes good common business sense. Um, from and the other piece I'll say uh, from, an, from a team perspective and a leadership perspective is when I think about the skills that are most required for the jobs of the future, what comes to mind are skills like bridge building, collaboration, problem solving, being creative in terms of options. And to me, women are all of that, right? Of course, we have all the hard math and engineering and all those skills, you need them. But what we will really need as automation comes into play as, as we go higher up the value chain are these softer, so-called softer skills. Mm -hmm. The need to empathize, the need to partner, the need to understand somebody's perspective. And I think we bring that in spades to the table because we are arbiters everywhere all the time between children in relationships with customers, with providers. Perfect. Perfect. Um, empathy, collaboration, um, you know, bringing people together, understanding all different thoughts and then coming up with, a decision. We're so good at all of those skills and the soft skills today in business are so critical because um, today business is driving technology, not like a few years ago where technology was driving business. Very different exactly. world that we live in. So exactly. communication skills, like you said, and, you know, other softer skills are so critical to rounding the skill set. So well said. Um, you know, technology is changing so much constantly. Um, how do you keep your skills current? Um, it's another it's another great question. I think there are there are a couple of things I would think about knowing that a lot of us and possibly our audience has very full plates. Um, so what I would say is make learning part of your DNA, your daily routine. Um, when, it, when reading, have your apps on the phone, so to speak, make it easy and part of your commute, part of, part of your routine. So it doesn't have to be this extra additional thing you do. Um, I'll say that first. And then in terms of my own learning, um, I, like I said, I was that annoying child asking why. <laughs> um, I've always, and I've retained the curiosity. Um, and I 
I'm I'm a lifelong learner. I'm t- I'm this nerdy person who geeks on books and apps and the latest greatest out there and trying to understand it. And um, and I think that's important because you know especially now technology and what is um, the, the, the capabilities that are available to us are ever changing. So we need to make sure that we continue to stay super sharp and super proficient in what on what we think is our expertise. Um, I find that um, joining user groups is great, whether it's um, in the industry or sort of national societies, being part of organizations like Grace Hopper are another great way to build learning into your routine, into your life. Um, the second thing, the way to learn um, is is at work, right? Um, volunteer for projects that you have passion for or that you want to learn. So as an example, ask to become an AI advocate at work. You may not know about AI, but trust me, neither do most people who are talking about it because it's changing so constantly. Think about, if you work with customers, think about the problems they are trying to solve for, think about how technology will impact them, and use this as an opportunity to go deep into a technology. So using your time at work to build out your growth muscle in areas you're interested in, I think is one other way to learn. That's great. So continuous learning, have a passion for learning, lifelong learning, all of those things are really critical um, to growing. If you're not learning, I feel you're you're not alive. You're you're dead. So you need to continue exactly. to learn. Yes. And yes. I love I love the idea of volunteering at your organization of, you know, something that even you're not familiar with because that will create learning in itself. You will need to learn in order to lead that group, in order to um, be a valuable part of that group. So like you said, join an AI group or a machine learning or IoT, whatever makes sense to you, um, put yourself out there. Exactly. Hackathons are another great way. Yes. So Microsoft, as an example, does hackathons. And I think being, and back to the perfect is the enemy of good, right? Mm-hmm. We need to have the courage to say, I would like to learn more. I don't know enough. And that's okay because I know to ask the questions. Right. Asking the question is as valuable as knowing the answer. Absolutely. And we talk a lot about critical thinking skills, uh, you know, communication skills. All of those softer skills are also very important. And if you, you know, as women, we bring a lot of those to the table. So the other part, we can learn and we can grow. Exactly. And I love the organizations that have come about. So you and I talked about women in tech in Seattle, but Grace Hopper is one I mentioned. Mm-hmm. There are other, there are so many user and community groups, and I like that because it's a it's a space for us to come together. It's a space for us to learn. So if you're able to make the time for that, I highly recommend it. I also understand time is our biggest luxury, and so there you can find the same resources online. Um, but give build it into your routine. So like put put on this podcast, put on Jennifer's podcast as you're driving to your commute. Yeah, it, it'll give you motivation. It will give you that feeling of community. You'll be part of a group that, you know, we as women, we love that community feel. We, we lift each other up and we need that on a daily basis. So great advice. Um, so 
you know, you're such a successful woman in the technology industry. What advice would you give somebody who is maybe thinking about it, but not sure where to begin? It's, um, um, it's again, another great question. Um, I would say three things. One is, it starts with the individual. It starts with us as people and knowing what drives us, what our passion and our priorities are. So ask yourself what you want to achieve here, right? Do you want to be known as a published expert on XYZ? Do you want to be somebody helping customers? Do you want to have a more back office role, right? And all there is, all answers are okay. It's also okay to say, I want to learn more and do in 10 years after my kids have grown up or if I'm in, when I'm at a different stage in life. So, but I would come back to that, which is knowing yourself, your passion, your priorities, and what you're able to achieve is, is super important. And once you've achieved, once you've sort of figured that out, it just flows from there, right? It, um, the second piece then is, is seeking out what I call your personal board of directors, your support group, your advisors. Um, and I normally recommend having a set of advisors that know you and a few that you would seek out depending on the business you want to go in. So as an example, I am researching AI policy and ethics. It's a new space for me. So I'm starting to reach out to experts in the field so I can educate myself. So build yourself a network. Um, and I love Jen what Jennifer said about the community lifting each other up. And I think we try to do so many things on our own. This is, people are here, they're eager to help. So build a coalition of the willing in where you want to go. The third piece is the competency and building a body of work um, that, that gives the credibility you want. Work will speak for itself and then you will have to speak for it as well, I mean, no question. But I think it's important to invest the time to build a body of work that you can then speak to with credibility and use that to get to sort of the next place um, in your career. Great advice, great advice. So um, in closing, what three words would your friends use to describe you, Harini? Um, I would, if they would say, if I had a hashtag, it would be make it happen. Are those good three words? Those are awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Execution, right? You make things happen and you jump exactly. in and you do it. That's, that's I, awesome. I think talk is cheap. Talk is good, but talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. Walk is hard. So I have a lot of respect. Um, and I think we need to push ourselves to do. And, and it doesn't have to be big do's, right? Mm -hmm. A small step is all that you need, but uh, make things happen. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Harini. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Jennifer. This was a pleasure. Thank you for listening. And please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, 
VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.